Hey fan peeps, this is your podcast host, Kunal here. I started this during the pandemic, and in this podcast, I discuss my nerdy thoughts and hobbies with you, with the occasional special guest. From anime to zeppelins, we talk about it all. Has the sun returned? It's, it's poking in and out, here and there. Like it was, a bitch. Yeah, it's cloudy. It was cloudy this morning, and then now it's like poking out. Yeah, okay. well, it's definitely hot driving on the way over here. Yeah, you know, I definitely think that like kind of works with for today's episode because I saw a movie once. The takeaway that I had from it, it's like uh, it's like life is like a stream that's a, that has a mighty current, and the stepping stones are the good parts in life that you build. Mm. <laughs> and we can relate that to today's episode. Today, I'm joined by Sydney again. Hello, people. He's a buff nerd. Yes. As I like to hear. For recreation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are you what are you crunching iron when no one's looking? Oh yeah. <laughs> With his teeth. You can use that analogy for space and a lot of space, just like with uh Shatner and Bezos and all the other white billionaires talk mm-hmm. about going to space. Uh it's it's really black, which makes me think that there's it's just going to be a good time but what i was really trying to say is that it's it's a lot of empty empty literally empty space there's not a whole lot for millions and millions of miles for certain things like it's it's interesting when you think that because that means like every every uh sun that's around is one that really allows life to form so it's kind of like you have to be true i take that to be you be the the sunlight that you can for for life to be like yeah sure life can be cold unforgiving terrible all these things but it's a matter of building certain things that help facilitate life i like that that goes out there i mean yeah i thank you i you yeah. know and so this episode has a very funny and also a very like <laughs> timely <laughs> like genesis let we shall we say yeah yeah part of it was it must have been like about a month ago or something yeah so we met up just to, for the hell of it. And initially it was going to be like plans to meet people. And then that crashed and burned. And then we were just yep. like, let's, <laughs> let's just come and hang out. So I'm hanging out with you and your partner. Uh, shout out to Faye, who's been on the show before. Hey, babe. And uh, you brought up this one part that bothered the shit out of me. <laughs> it bothered the absolute <laughs> shit out of me for a straight two weeks. Yeah. I was trying to find... Do you want, you want to say it? The uh, trying to find the epic... Uh stunt that uh mr michael dorn from <laughs> the that next generation pulled off pulled right? off is a specific episode where he does this double kick in the bridge and we could not find the episode it, it bothered the shit out of me like i i googled the hell of it i looked for it everywhere i tried everything and every time it would be like oh it, it what's really sad is that it would show like times wharf got nerfed in, yes. in next generation which is plenty <laughs> which is unfortunately really plenty <laughs> because lot. i it's got to be like the woke white people in the room running like oh we'll just we'll just uh you know we'll just make them fall and shit it's, it's fine <laughs> I, and poor michael dorn just had no choice nope <laughs> <laughs> we gotta nerf you somehow they do kind of redeem him later on in the show and and like even in, in like the picard show that just finished mm-hmm. but yeah for for the longest time i couldn't find it and then one day i'm texting you and thank goodness for gifts. Oh yes. Um, and uh, I found it there, and I'm like, wait a minute. And is this the one? Because I was trying to send you like something stupid or goofy, and then I scrolled down, I'm like, wait a minute, that's exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and we found out it was from season one, 
it was the episode of uh, one of the Q episodes. Yeah. Was it seven? Episode seven? I, I think it was seven. Yeah. Because like Tasha's still around and everything. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I was just so happy. <laughs> so that that's the first part of how this episode started. The second part of how it started was I was on TikTok as I normally am too much. I go through these cycles of deleting it and reinstalling it. <laughs> same. Oh, really? I do the same thing. That's funny. No way. That's hilarious. Okay. I, I love it. Just because I was like, okay, I've been on this for too long. I need to get off of it. I'm like, there's some really good shit on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of them was done by this guy who was talking about what is the, what is the need for a utopia to show up in, in art and fiction? And apparently, like someone in the comments said, what about Star Trek? And he had an explanation of why it didn't count. Because it was kind of a child of the 60s and whatnot. Mm, mm. And I disagree with that. I think he was probably talking about TOS and maybe not the other shows. But I definitely think Next Generation is when they really hit their groove. And they really hit their stride on yeah. like what humanity can do. If I don't want to say get our shit together. Because that's a little unfair. I, I want to say like can truly like work together with each other, put our differences aside and see what we can really reach for. Be more focused. Yeah. yeah. Being more focused is something I like hearing. Like there's that famous clip from the newsroom with I think it was Ted Daniels. Is it Ted what's his name? He was in Dumb and Dumber. That's what I always Jeff sh- Daniels. Jeff Daniels, yes. not Ted. Yes. I always remember from Dumb and Dumber because I'm a child of the 90s. Of course, right? Yeah. And so it was very weird for me to see him in a very serious role. Yeah. I was yeah. like, when is he going to break out the like the exactly. tuxedos and It shit? was jarring. Yeah. <laughs> but there's that classic clip of him talking about how we are not the greatest country in the, in the world. Exactly. And on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends it by saying, he's like, we used to work really hard to reach for the stars. Mm-hmm. And that's something that always kind of stuck out to me whenever I'm watching Next Generation because literally they are roaming the stars. Yes. When that happens. So everyone knows from 90, well, maybe not everyone, but you should know. You should do homework. God damn it. <laughs> uh, go and look. The original series, Star Trek, the, the original series, went for three seasons. Didn't do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, only three reruns. And actually, you probably know about this, uh, Lucille Ball. Yes, yeah. Is the mm-hmm. reason why it's why it really subsists today. She revived it, yeah. She was so powerful in Paramount, Paramount, the, the company, Paramount, and... She was like, "You need to put this back on the air. Like, mm-hmm. This is amazing." And sh- because of that, we have we have her to thank for it. Oh yeah. And so that runs for three years. And then Star Wars comes, and they're like, "Well, we can't really compete with that because it's mm-hmm. it was such a phenomenon." Oh yeah. So they went and just did a bunch of movies with the original cast. Yeah, yeah. Then the '80s roll around, and they're in talks to. I think Roddenberry wanted to do another TV show because mm-hmm. never time enough time had passed. The amount of uproar that happened as a result of it was astounding. Yeah, people forget about that. Yeah. Like, it was not, <laughs> no one was looking forward to it. It was like, how dare you touch the classic? The right, original. how how dare you do something like how, like, it was like, leave it where it is. Don't do anything like that. You can't replace Spock and Bones and Kirk, uh-huh. which is funny in retrospect. But there's this, there's this amazing documentary called Chaos on the Bridge. And of all the people, Shatner runs it and... <laughs> Let me ask you this: What what are your views on Shatner on a whole? He's a he's a quirky, interesting person. But let me hear how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm from what I've just what other people have said about him. I guess earlier on in his career, he was kind of a dick. Yeah, definitely. You know? That matches up with a lot of people saying that. Yeah, and I think that's why he didn't show up to Leonard's funeral. I don't know if you know about that. Did not know that. Yeah. Like, apparently, 
on the one hand, I understood it because he was like, I had a commitment and I was already mm-hmm. there and I couldn't leave. I kind of respect that. I get yeah. that. I get that. Yeah. But apparently he released some stuff later saying that Leonard stopped uh, responding to his messages. Oh. I honestly personally think Leonard Nimoy got tired of his shit uh-huh. and was just like, I'm done. Because um, <laughs> I don't think he brought the best out in Leonard in a lot of times. Interesting. Um, yeah. That's my own view of it. That's that's a whole different podcast episode. Wow. Man. Yeah. There, there's a whole... Yeah. Huh. And like a lot of the other original series people, especially Mr. Takei, uh-huh. has been notorious for how... Because they were out to the to the main cast. Everybody knew in, okay. in the main cast. He just wasn't public about it. Right. Until right. like 2005-ish. Oh, let me guess. And so he was just an asshole uh-huh. to him the whole time. For one, being Japanese, and two, for being homosexual. Ah, yep. I and just, I don't want to hear that. Oh, he's, this, it was the time. Like, no, you're an asshole. I mean, he's still an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, he didn't even... It didn't seem like he changed with it or anything. Yeah. And then he's been after like woke people on Twitter and shit like that. So oh, he's become the, yeah, he became one of those guys. How, that's how, how ironic you're in Star Trek. I know. Right. But you're, <laughs> it's like finding fans. Like I'm not going to pull any punches on this episode. I'm just like, I'm stocked and rocked and later rock <laughs> hit the block <laughs> on the clock. Oh, tick tock. All right. Keep it going. Keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think everyone wants me to, um, <laughs> I saw this this uh, thing on Twitter the other day. It's like uh, it's always weird to find Star Trek fans who are hardcore conservatives. I won't say Republican. I will say hardcore conservatives. conservatives. Yeah. Did you guys just not pay attention to anything? Right. In this show. Right. Like, like cognitive dissonance must be really strong in your head. Exactly. My God. Based off all the like philosophies and stuff in the shows, it's like that's a that's communist ideas according to your the. Conservative of, party. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge thing in the show. Like, I think they use parts of communism and parts of socialism for the for the show within the feder. Like we were talking about this off air, the way that the federation runs is very much akin to that. I don't want to drive off too much off the point. So let, let me get back to the main point. Gotcha. Documentary called Chaos on the Bridge. They outline about how literally chaotic it was to get the next generation up and running. Mm. The first three seasons are real rough. <laughs> Yeah. Especially the first, because get this, Patrick Stewart's agent told him, just do it. It'll probably last six months. You'll make a bunch of money and then just get out of there. That's crazy. <laughs> right? Because even when he's like phoning in and I'm using big, the strongest air quotes I have right. of a performance, he's still pretty good. He's darn good. Like I almost didn't tell, like I didn't believe in like, <laughs> like watching him like, Oh, I can tell that he's not as in like deep with it as he is in the later seasons. And it's like, wow, very much. Like he's like, he's like, I will deliver. I will do this. But I'm like, I just want my latte and I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some tea and let me go home. Right. Earl gray. <laughs> <laughs> and keep it hot. <laughs> so the first three seasons, Roddenberry is, is a big time hippie. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a very interesting life. There's a lot of podcasts and stuff that talk about his life. He was a pilot. He was in World War II. Uh, yeah. He was an investigator on like airline crashes. So like, what? Yeah, he's he's lived a wacky life, like huh. very wacky life. And then he knew a couple of the cast members, like Leonard Nimoy and Nichelle Nichols. One because he was romantically involved with Leonard Nichols. Well, that'll do. Nichelle Nichols. <laughs> that'll do it. Yeah. But like Leonard Nimoy showed up on his show that did not last, called Lieutenant. He plays a very different character. Oh, I was like, I was watching clips of it when I heard about this, and I was, I was like, why is Spock having emotions now? What's going on? Uh, 
Like, <laughs> there's, stars, yeah. It was very, very odd. Very odd. So he knew some of the cast, and then when he got this idea going, he was like, let's do Star Trek, and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But my point being, back to the next generation, is that he was a big-time hippie, so he was doing drugs all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, a lot of drugs. <laughs> and very lived a very unhealthy life that made him kind of, like, disappear for a couple months sometimes. I do remember hearing something about that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, like... It was probably my ass that told you that. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he would disappear for a couple months, and the writer's room would be like, oh, okay, we can write. And so then it would get consistent for a little while, and mm. then Roddenberry would recover. He would come back. And I shit you not, I've read articles. Even the documentary says he's like, he would fire a bunch of people, hire some new people, mm. and then the show would like change. So like the first three seasons, wow. there are things that they just recommend that they like never talk about again. Mm. Or they just throw under the rug and like Jordy should be able to read people when they're lying enough. Yeah. Troy should be able to sense like planets away. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some wacky stuff that goes on. <laughs> so around the third, fourth season is when he passes away. Mm-hmm. And this is when the show really fucking hits its stride. Yeah. And they know what they're doing. And this is why truly, even with like the first three Rocky seasons, like there's still some great sci-fi and great episodes in there. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you, you got it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about a specific one that <laughs> yeah. makes us laugh so hard. Uh, it's a really good show. The reason why I love uh, The Next Generation mainly was because it was, it was a good example of moral choices, tolerance, and compromise amongst like different cultures in the universe, which is what something we should be doing here right. on Earth. You yeah. know, and it shows that we can do it. Yes. Like the Federation is the big dog or one of the big dogs in the galaxy. Like the ever big powers that you run into are the Romulans, the Klingons. But those are the three big, shall we say, superpowers in the galaxy. Yeah. And, yeah. and they run like sections of the quadrant of the galaxy. Yeah. And they do it not by intimidation or fear. They do it by a sense of acceptance, a sense of understanding. Yes. And at this point, Earth has been doing this for about two centuries. Star Trek Enterprise is like pre-Federation. Yeah. Yeah. They're just um, getting everything up and running. Yeah. Yeah. We love it because there's there's so much of an example. Because it's the show is very 80s. You cannot escape that at all. Yes. It is 100% 1980s yes. and early 90s. So there's a lot of like cheesiness. The writing is very much like that as well. Goofiness but, and but serious moments too, of course. Very serious moments. A lot of great moments out there, and it's written in the backdrop of the height of the Cold War, and also in '91, which is kind of around the time Roddenberry is gone. We're the dominant power, right, at the point on the, on the planet, and so it's kind of this. The Federation's almost like a a fictional mirror version of the United States. Where we're like trying to like we're kind of like resting on our laurels a little bit. So mm-hmm. the Federation's reached its its mask. There's a level of calm whenever I'm watching the show. Yes, that's that is so true. I've never really right? put put a finger on that, but yeah, I do feel calm watching that show. Yeah. I mean I don't really know any other show that does that. Yeah. And like you have like, oh, the ship's about to be blown up like every other week. But yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> but the majority of the show it's a lot of uh it's not a lot of action. There's a lot more talking. Yeah, and I and I love that because and I've I've droned on and on about my mental health and who who I am and everything like that. And I think you've shared a little bit of it too off off air. Oh yeah. But uh it is nice to have a show where like okay, we have problems like and there are episodes where it's like balls to the wall, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Let's mm-hmm. break it down. Let's exhaust all options first. 
Yes. What do we have that we can really do? And sure, there is a luxury of having high advanced technology. Mm-hmm. I'm of not course, gonna, I'm right. not going <laughs> to deny that at all. Like there there are times where that that does really come in handy. But mm-hmm. it gave me an example like growing up cuz I caught it when I was on cable TV and sci-fi and of all places Spike would show Oh yeah. <laughs> with, Spike TV. Dude, like Spike showed reruns of it all the time. They did. And then G4 picked it up. Yeah. And I did the G4 episode. Yeah. I didn't plan on that happening like coming up today, but wow, that, yeah. That's right. And they had like the whole stock system mm-hmm. show up there. Like I I think I even mentioned it in that episode. My mom walks in on me watching Star Trek and I'm like clutching my hair and she's like, What's wrong? It's like I bought a bunch of stocks and phasers and Spock does something smart because that's how they would break up the stock. <laughs> and and I'm like, and he's lo- and I'm losing right now. And my mom's like, Don't worry, like he'll do something smart. He Rip. didn't. She she got my hopes up. <laughs> but <laughs> Granted, that was TOS, but still, like they would show a bunch of reruns of, mm-hmm. of all of these shows on those three channels, and they did a bunch of it. And this was very formative for me when I was a teenager, so that's never left me, and it, I don't think it ever will, honestly. Right. Right. It gave me a, like a, a precept of how we can actually do things if, if we really... I will say this. like Humans have a capacity for great, terrible things and great, powerful things. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Powerful things in a, in a positive light and powerful things in a negative light. Even Dumbledore says like it's hard to be a friend of someone and do what is right and what is easy. Uh, oh, yeah. That really stuck with me. Mm. It's a great example of what can we really do in this situation. And Captain Picard, like Patrick Stewart, does an amazing job of kind of being the de facto father yes. in the in the series where he is when he's in the show, I think he's playing a fifty year old. I think at that time he was in his forties. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you're like me, you've read his autobiography <laughs> and, and um, basically you find out he had actually a pretty rough upbringing, mm. even even like his and rough in the terms of like the way that the family dynamics were okay. like they had everything needed. Like it's a essentially utopia war. I don't think we've said this yet, but mm-hmm. war and poverty is gone. It's a United Earth government. Yeah. Everything you need is given to you. We have these technologies called replicators yeah. now. And mm-hmm. they literally do what the name implies. It replicates whatever you need. Right. So there's like no need to buy things because you can always just make things. Right. Uh, there still are like restaurants and stuff like that. But on the whole, there's no more starvation. There's no more war. Right. There essentially was this big nuclear war called World War Three, mm-hmm. And it did such a hard reset for us that... I'm skipping over a lot for the sake of the episode. There's a lot of lore that falls into that, but essentially after that, we get our shit together. I'm going to use it. I'm going to say it. We get our shit together and we (laughs) do things for the betterment of everybody instead of just for our own personal gain. And in doing so, we gain a lot, which is kind of an ironic twist or an interesting twist. What what do you, you got anything you want to add? Well, for what I like about Star Trek, the main thing that drew me in as a kid was... Mm -hmm. The, just the concepts of space. How did you? Let me ask you this. How did you get into Star Trek? Well, I got into Star Trek mainly because of my father, because he watched the Next Generation. He also watched the older, the original uh, series. Hell yeah. Okay. And for some reason, as a kid, that didn't really. It was like it was interesting, but the effects were just too. Dude, it's dated. It's too hokey. Yeah, like, it was like like I the Next Generation is just enough to mm-hmm. to to be okay for our generation. Yeah. Pun yeah. intended. And like, but like, it's starting to lose it. Yeah. Like even now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. But yeah. like, as I got older, I got I can appreciate the original series for what it is and all sure. the things it did. Like, sure. I, I'm not gonna take anything away from that. Yeah. But yeah, as a kid growing up 
in the 90s and I caught it about the mid part of the 90s. The effects were great and like the science of space travel blew my mind at that age. Like I think it was like what this was before I was like in kindergarten I think when I caught it like 94 or 93. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just seeing that on TV, I was like, what? You can go to places out there? <laughs> it gives you something to shoot for. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, that's an awesome jumping off point, if you don't mind. It showed us great technology that we can potentially make. Like, whenever I yes. hear scientists say, like, I don't like sci-fi. It's not realistic. I'm like, that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> like, good yeah. sci-fi is predictive. Because, exactly. Because it shows us, like, oh, you know, what if we made this? A like, hundred years ago, we thought it was impossible. For someone to fly across the world. A hundred years ago, we also thought it would be possible to get out of the planet and land on another planet. Two hundred years ago, we thought... No, even when I went skydiving... I don't know if I told you this, but I've been skydiving. Oh, no. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, I I went skydiving uh, about eight years ago. And they told us uh, that it was discovered mainly in World War II that they thought if you jumped out of a plane that the... I guess if you're in the stratosphere or whatever, if you fell out of a plane you would just get ripped to shreds by gravity and everything. Oh, but <laughs> that's laughable now, but yeah. Right, it's laughable now, but like not insane for what we knew back then. Right, And right. so like that's around the time that, you know, parachutes were all developed and et cetera, et cetera. Gotcha. And it's, it just makes us realize that like, oh, okay, we can, we can do that. Mm-hmm. We can give it a shot. We can try it out. And I love how, I mean, you got Jordy LaForge yes. just helming the engineering department. Yes. And initially he was helming the actual ship but then they moved him down engineering and it was just a much better fit oh yeah it worked like a charm yeah that's another thing that too that caught like grabbed my attention because as a young kid like young black child like i watched roots before i saw the next generation so to see him play like a slave and then come out of that and become like the top engineer on the Star Trek Enterprise was He's not insane. doing bad. Yeah, I was like, "Go, all right, we're doing, we're doing." So we've made strides. And for all its campiness, for all its goofiness, for all its problems, you cannot take away that Star Trek has the most diverse cast. Oh, definitely. Yes, like, most of it. Michael Dorn. Yeah, Lavar Burton, Marina. Um, Marie, like, yes, you had uh, you had quite like at the time closeted queer characters, but then Asian characters. You had Keiko mm-hmm. O'Brien. You had. I'm blanking on her name, but the nurse that helps Beverly, like it was a like oh, yeah. maybe they aren't in the highest of positions all the time, right, right. But it is a stepping stone, and I'll take a win where I can get it. Oh yeah, it was not enough, but you know, again, it was at, for the time for TV. It's yeah, huge, mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. huge. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg was in there, of course. That's the right. Yeah, in a lot of ways, Will Whedon, who played Wesley Crusher later, said that. Because of Whoopi Goldberg showing up, it actually saved the show in a lot of ways. Mm. Because mm-hmm. she was huge back then. Yes. Yes, she was. And she came on the show with her shaved eyebrows and a weird hat. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and a weird hat. <laughs> and then she was just a, an amazing voice of reason. She was a voice of calm and kindness. Yes. She was a voice of friendship, honestly. Yes. There's a mysterious friendship that she has with Picard. It's not romantic, but it, it is a very, yeah. it is a very, they delve into it a little bit more in his biography, but um, yeah, she's a specific race of humanoids. She comes from a race of humanoids that is, that predates earth humanoids mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. That they're human-like, they're not humans. Now, granted, she did play, like, I will be the first to call out the bullshit on TNG. Like, there <laughs> are some episodes that we will get into later on for fun. Oh, yeah. She did kind of play the magic black person. Yep. Yeah. There's one in about everything, <laughs> every piece of great literature, but you know, 
Speaking or... of space puns, what was that show that you recommended to me? It was called Astronomy Club. Oh yes, Astronomy Club. Yes, and the, the... I was thinking the exact <laughs> same episode where they have all the magical black characters from every movie, movie or show. The way they wrapped that 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 short oh, was man. so good, and I, I can't ruin it because it's so fucking good. Check that out. It's on Netflix still. I watched it recently. Yes, just to like watch it and enjoy that clip again. It's like the second episode, I think. And they essentially talk about it's like a magical black person, mm-hmm. a recovery program. Yes. <laughs> and but like the best part is who it's run by. And you, that gets mm-hmm. revealed to you within the last five seconds of the of the of the segment. And it just I had to pause it because of how oh hard I was laughing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You got it. Yeah, you got to watch. You got to watch it. I'll put that in the show notes. But like, I cannot recommend that enough. That's good. It caught I, me caught me completely off guard. I that's a good short, honestly. Yeah, like, that's when it just it does a good job with that. But still, there's this element of calm that mm-hmm. is on Star Trek, even when they like, like I said before, you when they have moments of complete disarray and when they're locked in battle like we still have options we still have all these things it's very i don't know if familiar with dialectical behavioral therapy dbt Mm, it's typically attributed to borderline personality uh, disorder and i've been through and it's it's unfortunately associated with with borderline but it's really not it's okay it's built it can be used by everybody and it's a good way of saying okay we acknowledge that these things are happening like specifically there's there's the reva episode do you remember that that sounds familiar the actor himself was actually deaf mm. and he has an ability to oh yeah be yep. this kick-ass negotiator mm-hmm. one of the top negotiators for the federation and the klingons mm-hmm. and to the point where Worf fears him uh, and Worf does not fear a lot of things. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> like Troy goes like, I I sense a great sense of anxiety for him. He's like, mm-hmm. and Worf hasn't really seen him, but he, he has heard about him. And he mm-hmm. goes like, the Klingons have no word for negotiator until they met Reva. Uh-huh. Like, that's how intense the guy was. Wow. But there's a moment where he, I don't want to spoil it, but he suffers a great loss. Mm-hmm. And Picard like comes up to him and like snaps him out of his funk essentially. And just goes like, I just want to tell you I'm sorry, and I'm here for you. Wow. And, and that is like that's something it's giving me like chills just talking about. It. Wow, because yeah. it just makes you feel seen. They didn't always succeed, but for the most part, they really succeeded in making you mm-hmm. feel really good. Even the cheesy ass music that they use in that show. Ah uh, man, I'm I love it. I'm gonna defend that music like all the way to the grave. I love it. the Dude, theme. Hundred percent. The theme is hundred percent still to me holds up today. Oh yeah, <laughs> to me. I, love I will. It. I will fight that person who, who denies it. <laughs> I was like, I will not buy anybody lunch. I will. I will fight you. On this point, that the music honestly made that show in a, oh, lot, of, yes. a lot of ways. Oh man, especially with like the orchestral beginning that they had. Oh yes, that like just hearing that that yeah, the instruments in the beginning, and you see all the, like all the planets in the solar system just pass one by one, and then you see this the ship, and then you hear Picard. Oh, yeah, that's space, the final frontier. I was I was a kid like in kindergarten, but my butt would stop. I would stop at the TV screen. <laughs> On that old CRT, and I would plant my butt down. I'm like, oh, Star Trek. Oh, right. This is this is something important. <laughs> <laughs> and I would sit down. You know what's also really cool is that most of the cast are just completely tight with each other. Oh, yeah. In fact, all of them, even with Denise Crosby. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And everything. They, I don't think they're the closest. Well, I think she kind of comes and goes. Mm-hmm. But they are incredibly tight. They've been best men like mm. brent spiner is the godfather of beverly crusher's child i did know yeah i know about that yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh 
I think Michael Dorn, there's something else with Michael Dorn. Like I was watching clips today to get prepared for today's episode. And when they did Picard, even Terry Metellus said the same thing. And Terry Metellus is the guy that basically is the showrunner or director of the Picard show that just ended. And he said like, you know, the moment I hit cut, these guys are singing, they're dancing, they're making jokes with each other. <laughs> like you would not believe the blooper reels that they had for Next oh, Generation. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because the hours were long, but like after the second season ish, they really like just started goofing off with each other. <laughs> Which is funny because in the first season, Patrick Stewart like got really mad at everybody for not taking it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I know, right? And like now you can't think of him like he's a good actor, but he also like is fucking funny hilarious dude like yeah he, did you ever i don't know if you caught this there was a funnier die sketch with him years ago oh back when like ryan lochte was oh, on yeah. the olympics uh-huh and he was like it's so weird like it makes no sense like the video is just him basically like scalping tickets <laughs> and he does it in like a british like sing-song kind of way oh wow and it's it's fucking hilarious it honestly is a hidden gem on funnier dies website nice there's also a, a funny story with him because he has a very good sense of humor too he had a very rough upbringing in his own life mm -hmm. i don't know if, have you heard about that i have okay yeah, yeah, yeah. He, basically his dad was a world war one vet who was actually stationed in india mm. under the british empire and then he came back with shell shock was highly abusive etc etc yeah but yeah yeah understandable yeah. yeah i mean they didn't not understand not excusable but i i get it right yeah. i mean like that's just what they called it back then so yeah. yeah and that really seeps through because they're even close with will wheaton they even say that will wheaton is the reason why whenever they get together will wheaton's the guy that basically is i don't know if he's the linchpin but he definitely is the person that keeps them on track yeah because otherwise michael dorn specifically said this he's like oh yeah we love will like if he's not there we're just like cynical bastards and make fun of each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had really good special effects, uh, really diverse cast. They, yep. You meet so many different types of humanoids or alien type people. Oh, yeah. Multiple episodes of moral choices. And yep. I and I love this. I grew up watching Star Wars. Same here. Because it was, it was the time, like the prequels came out mm -hmm. at that time. And I remember like liking it, enjoying it. I thought Jar Jar was hilarious, like even though it's problematic yeah, now. Yeah, it's problematic, yeah. And I'm glad he's had some of a redemption arc lately. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, they did. yeah. I'm glad that they mm -hmm. did that. But I, I always felt like this sense of anxiety and dread that came with it. You know what? It's weird because in both Star Trek and in Star Wars, like there's death. The people die, right? Yes, 100%. But I feel like death in star wars like happens just and constantly wash. and there's like no they like, wash their hands of it they wash their hands of it yeah, yeah there's no like taking time to like grieve or mourn or try and like move on even when like dooku gets killed like, yeah they kind of just they're like oh yeah good job anakin and anakin's just like standing there going like i killed a sith master right like what just happened yeah no yeah you did good all right yeah. on to the next thing let's bounce <laughs> <laughs> This is a little bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen a show that's been off the air for 35 years. Right. So so be it. Um, <laughs> Denise Crosby, they talk about this in Chaos on the Bridge documentary. I don't blame her for what she did. I, mm -hmm. I really don't. She was a hot blonde in the 80s. Like She was probably thinking, like I can get any other show that I want. Right. And so she asked to leave because, quite frankly, she's barely in a lot of the first season. And when yeah. she is there, she's like noticed, but like there's a point where she wasn't getting enough screen time, arguably. Mm -hmm. And I can get that argument from her side because it, it was tumultuous at that point. So she asked to get written off. 
she gets ridden off and honestly like the show kind of clicks into place yeah when that happened and she did not have the best career after that unfortunately yeah i can't tell you what she's been in after that yeah so she randomly showed up in that show suits Oh, really? In like the last two seasons as a villain character. It was, <laughs> Interesting. It was very, she was like a, tries to take over the firm. And it's wacky to see like Tasha Yar, like in her late 60s now acting. It's just kind of like, she does a good job wow. Wow. from what I've seen. But it's just weird to see her show up in that. She, she was in like 48 hours. Oh, okay. She played like a, like a small role in that. Yeah, she was. I do. Okay, I do remember that. Yeah. 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 She, it was still around the same time. So she was pretty young at that point she's six you gotta forgive me because i'm still thinking like oh the 90s that was like 10 10 years ago <laughs> 10 15 years ago right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's oh. not like you know it's gonna it's not like the 80s are gonna be 50 years in a decade so, right yeah <laughs> um nothing like that at all uh, time is just a construct but yeah she she leaves and they have this i keep it as a favorites in my youtube favorite playlist mm-hmm. like of tasha yar's like funeral Man, that hit hard. Right? The music for it alone is something that I, I actually went on YouTube to try and find just the soundtrack for that. And you can yeah. you can get it. It's absolutely beautiful. Whenever I amicably parted from my uh, therapist earlier this year, I played that clip over and over because mm-hmm. that's how it kind of felt. Because, you know, our relationship was ending on good terms, but still. and Still lost, yeah. Still lost. The, mm-hmm. ex- you took the words right out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. It's still a loss. And... I mean, I definitely am for the better from that therapist. And like, literally there's a line where she says like, you took this scared, angry girl and you tempered her. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it was a similar feeling I had with my former therapist. It was just something I'll never forget. Yeah. So uh, that, that dialogue of that entire funeral procession is very, very beautiful. Yeah. And it's in the first season. That's one of my yeah, favorite episodes. And then you, also, you get to see data like try to like process like death, and it's like, yeah, you're in the same bucket with us, buddy. I was just about to bring <laughs> that part up, like, yeah, yeah. He, and he's like, uh, he kind of is the de facto growing up child, yeah, aside yeah. from Wesley mm-hmm. in that show. And good point, yeah. And Picard, like, I think he handled it the best. He's like, like, just like you said, he's like, no, you you got it, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I, I have nothing to add. <laughs> yeah, um, that's yeah. There's a really touching thing I heard recently that. The part where you see Troy um, crying, that wasn't scripted. Oh, wow. So Denise and her were actually really close, and she was super sad that she was leaving. Wow. And yeah. so, like, when Frakes puts her arms around her and, they, and he starts crying, that was all real. Oh, dude, I'm going to start crying now. Wow. Right? Like, wow. that just... I get you. Wow. There's moments... Apparently, Patrick Stewart has said that they have not received any Emmys for their acting. No, whoa. Apparently so. Now, I haven't double-checked this. I forgot to do that. I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. <laughs> but, uh, but apparently, according to an interview on when he was promoting the new show, Picard, they never received any Emmys for that. They received Emmys for special effects and other production stuff. That's criminal, bro. It is because oh. there is some amazing performances. It might also might be a victim of the category it's in because it's science fiction. And at the time, it, was like, it probably wasn't seen as... It's the same deal of having like no award category for stunt doubles. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Because that's some yeah. crazy. That's a lot of hard work and the risk in their lives. That like, just never gets attributed for... Like, fine. Like, they're doing their job. They're doing great. Like, can we give them some accolades? Right. Give them some recognition. Yeah. Like, There's what? a guy that died for the damn Triple X movie with Vin Diesel. Oh. Like, <laughs> and like, ugh. Like, like, that movie, that's the movie you died. Like, oh, my God. 
it was kind of nuts. I during the pandemic, Boykia, yeah, the guy who played Scott Scott Atkins, and he was also in John Wick Four recently. He was talking to Cynthia Rothrock. Mm, okay. Legend of uh, the 1980s Hong Kong yes. Kung Fu era. Yes, yes, yes. This is a huge tangent, but fuck it. Um, right. <laughs> and, and, she, uh, and she talks about how they're running through like her movies and it's playing in the in like the background when he's like video chatting her. And uh-huh. she's like, oh yeah, I remember this scene. That dude's paralyzed. That dude died. That dude's paralyzed. That dude's died. Jesus. And just going through is like, oh yeah. She's like, huh, that's just how it was back then. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh like, my gosh. I'm man. like, good God. Like, no wonder the safety regulations in Hong Kong at oh, that yeah. time at mm-hmm. least was, was ridiculous. Like, oh my God. There's a famous like Samuel Hong uh, line. He's basically like the reason why the movies look a certain way is because like he actually knocked a guy so hard once his tooth came out and he's like put it in your pocket and let's keep on going Ooh, so that's that's the mentality they had right that's there. that's what they did so huge left turn out there let's turn it back but yeah. amazing acting that kind of goes into that and uh i have a couple episodes in point that i would really like to bring up for that specifically i didn't write this down i just remembered it now Picard gets picked up by the Cardassians and he's tortured. Yeah. Uh, it's a two-parter. And it's the one that everyone like makes fun of Jellico. <laughs> 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 Basically, like the reason why Sid's laughing is because there's a captain that showed up. He was actually Beverly Hills cop. He was. He's the captain. Oh my, oh my god, yes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. That's the captain the, yeah. from Beverly Hills Cop that shows up at a temporarily take hold of the enterprise and and what and he's just kind of he's the thing is he's not wrong mm-hmm. but he's a dick he's a dick about it yeah and yeah but it, that's besides the point what i'm trying to say is like there's a beautiful part of picard not him getting interrogated like and getting tortured but basically like of him acting his acting is phenomenal mm-hmm. and i was thinking about it today the guy who interrogated him the character, not the not the actor, but the, right. the, the character, is a horrible interrogator. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he he let way too much of his personal life <laughs> get into the interrogation. Get into the interrogation. Right. It was like, like I was watching it from afar. Like I've had years that I've seen this episode, and it's the classic "There are four lights" episode, mm-hmm. and it keeps on like shocking him. He puts a thing inside him that causes him great pain. Yeah, funnily enough, that dude unfortunately just passed away like recently, but he also was. The guy who made the ooze in the Ninja Turtles movie. He's oh. he's the guy he's the scientist that was part of TGRI. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apparently he and Patrick Stewart were old uh acting buddies. So for this episode he called him up and he's like, I would love to have you do this episode. Nice. Which is also interesting because like after TNG, like around the fourth episode, Jonathan Frakes, the guy who plays oh, yeah. William Riker, becomes a kick ass, and I mean kick ass director mm-hmm. like he's done he did a lot of star trek i think he's still helming directing star trek now oh nice he did a lot of, like you are hard pressed to find shows that even people who are divorced of sci-fi mm-hmm. you've probably watched at least one show that he's directed that's cool he man. made his career doing that nice uh and in his, his life and everything after leaving star trek or like jumping away from star trek they had uh, a yeah. couple of them on the cast directed for mm-hmm. the show lavar burton i think he directed some episodes too he did and he also he did ds9 and he also did like ncis oh wow like ncis uh, i think one of the extension shows so i think it was la or one of the other shows like okay there's a couple of people who are in those shows and just getting like pictures with lavar burton it's kind of it's <laughs> kind cool. it's actually really homey 
Brent Spiner is another actor that does yeah. not get a lot of credit. Yeah. Like, yeah. not only for portraying Data, but like let that alone be one that he's done a great job for mm-hmm. and even killed it even further in Picard, honestly. Oh, yeah. But <sighs> I'm getting a chill just even thinking about it. Like, he is way too good at playing a bad guy. Yes, he's scary. Like, he's scary good. Like, when he played Lore, Data's evil twin, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Like, the Data Lore episode specifically like he nearly succeeds in carrying out his plans like the only thing that holds him down is his bravado's ego yeah that really much. that really takes him out any like acting episodes that kind of stick out to you are there any things that you want to mention before we move on my favorite episodes are always the the q episodes like <laughs> really yes they're 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 some of my favorite ones okay John DeLancey, yeah, man, as Q does a knock like a knockout job, like he does. He's very memorable in those roles. How he's always fucking with Picard. You know what I've always noticed that when like you really hate a character, that means the actor or actress is just doing a phenomenal job. Yes, exactly. And you love to just be fucking pissed off at him. <laughs> uh, yes. To, before I give it back back to you, there's a specific part where like we're talking about great moments in, in acting and whatnot. Mm. And there's a moment that I wonder if it was written in the script or if it was John. Delancey going when he's talking to Picard. Picard gives these amazing speech, and I and I listen to Picard's speeches whenever I'm feeling like I need like a pick me up or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like Jean Luc. Sometimes the only reason I think I come back is because of these wonderful speeches you give. <laughs> yes. And I, and I wonder how much of that was John Delancey and how much of that was the writing. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> you see, there's just like just this adorable smile on his face <laughs> when he says that. So Q, Q's yes, your favorite. Q, he just loves fucking with Picard and trying to trip him up. But oh, like, man. he's pressing all his buttons. <sighs> and he's and good like, at it. He's pressing all his buttons, but Picard like perseveres always at the end. But it's just, I love to see the cat and mouse game between them. The, oh, that's a beautiful way of talking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it definitely is a cat and mouse. I mean, Q definitely is impressed by him. Even though he does like every once in a while, like trounce Picard in, in one aspect or another. But like, at the end, like Picard is usually pretty victorious or yes. he like is pushing him to growth essentially mm-hmm. the whole time mm-hmm. there's a wacky theory that you told me i don't think it's true basically like q might be the humans in the future oh yes i do remember that yes because there's a moment where picard quotes shakespeare and i won't copy it because he does a fantastic job and patrick stewart is a shakespearean actor, actor of course, yeah. so I'm like, I'm not gonna even give it a shot right but right. i might try the voice <laughs> and he goes like he quotes hamlet specifically is like talking about humanity and humanity becoming a god and q is like well surely you don't see yourself becoming like that do you Uh one day i do see us and q like throws this ginormous shakespeare book like you could smack a bitch with it (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm not and and he he catches it and picard just catches he's like one day i do see us becoming that Mm -hmm. it's a theory that i yeah, I do remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think it's true because I don't know. It'd be it'd be a bit of a cop out. I feel personally. Yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I remember bringing that up. Yeah, I think that's that's the whole reason like Q's there. It's like yeah. just to test him. He's like he went through the history books and like okay, this is where we need to like jump in when humanity becomes a spacefaring race and right. like put them to the ultimate test because like, they can time travel. They can destroy things they can make them reappear yes like, and referring to the the q of yeah course. they're known as yeah. the they're they're called q but they're essentially a collection of beings that are nearly godlike yeah. essentially they can yeah. 
literally think or do whatever they want to make whatever they want yeah yeah like in voyager they go a lot deeper with the q lore and everything so that's right. why i think the theory doesn't add up but we have had like over 800 episodes of star trek i'm not surprised if they're going to change it up later of course right yeah right. yeah another one of my episodes with q in it is the one where he becomes human oh yeah because like he he fucks up i think he was trying to get Riker to become one of them and get entice him in a previous episode earlier back, yeah earlier, earlier episode, yeah yeah and then it didn't work because picard's like you know it's like he knows his crew he knows his crew right and one thing that's really cool is that they that they don't tell you that i really wish they did in mm-hmm. the show and that they do tell you <laughs> um you know as one reads and is that he actually handpicked his entire crew except for Riker. And he oh. uh, and when i say handpicked i mean he knew them right okay he knew them i think he knew troy a decent amount but he knew all of them before he got his command and so he okay. had re- he had researched Riker and he picked Riker, but he didn't know him personally. Makes sense because when he first was brought on, he interviews him and is like, right? Yeah. And that mm-hmm. makes that episode so much more important. Yeah, they should bring that up. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't. Yeah. I, either it got cut on the floor when they uh, were in the writers' room, or they just cleaned it up later. I don't know. Yeah, but he already has an established understanding with a lot of the characters, except for Riker. Mm. So I, th- I thought th- I thought that was cool. Makes sense. Yeah, but with the Q episode when he becomes human. I had to bring it up because it's so funny. Like, there's one instance where they have him locked in the brig or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And Picard goes down to talk to him. He's wearing that gray jumpsuit. Yeah, he has that gray jumpsuit on. And he's like, oh, Picard, thank God you're here. It was so terrible. Like, I all of a sudden became very faint. And, like, (laughs) my head started to to hurt and I kept blinking. I had to yawn and I kept yawning and all this time. And I, I just lost consciousness. And he's like, cute. Q, you just became sleepy. Because <laughs> he has no idea what sleep is. <laughs> He's never had any sleep before. It's so funny. Just little stuff like that. The acting. <laughs> like, <laughs> so great. You can, you can just tell that like Picard is like, I don't have time for this shit. Right. <laughs> you took a nap. <laughs> He's like, this is, this is kid stuff. <laughs> Literally kid stuff. Yeah. He's like, you could not handle being human for it. <laughs> Oh my god uh, and then him getting hungry and all that stuff too like, oh it's so i'll weird. have 10 chocolate sundays or something like yes that. yes wasn't isn't gyna in the episode too? yeah oh that's a huge yes a, she's in that right because they they pointed the lore about it that's right that's bit. right yeah he's mm-hmm. like it's so such a chilling turn for her mm-hmm. because gynan is very someone who keeps their anger with short reins, mm-hmm. so that we, she can control it very well. Mm-hmm. She's an all Orion, and right. essentially, like I'm trying to keep a good balance of not divesting so much lore, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go for it. Essentially, like the L Orions are disbanded by one of Star Trek's biggest villains, the Borg. The Borg and, right. But they are so old that they have had run-ins with the Continuum, so much so that there's a there was a war at one point, mm-hmm. and that Q is actually like. If he had hair in the back of his head, it would stick up. Yeah. Of every time he sees her, we see him press. Yeah, for the first. Time. He's like, "You have no idea who you who you have on your ship," mm-hmm. and they never explain it. Even in Picard, they huh. just dance around it. Wow. They just dance around it. So I I feel like that that's something they can bring up later. But yeah, there's a chilling part, and this is a spoiler. She like sneakily grabs a fork and then just fucking stabs him mm-hmm. and it doesn't stick in and everything but like you just you see q re- recoil in pain yes yes and he's like and she's like how pitiable that you are reduced to being something that you love to toy with mm. mortal mm-hmm. 
there are a lot of good scenes of just straight up acting in this show. Yeah, there really yeah. are, and it's it's unfortunate that it gets mired into like, oh, it's nerdy. Uh, no, it's much more deep than that. If, it is yeah. much more deep than that. Like, is it goofy and is it campy as fuck? Of course it yeah, is. That's why yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's why we like it. Of course. Yeah, but it's not just all just pum 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 explosions, you know? Like, yeah, there's 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 that, and there's more. Yeah, it brings up a lot of philosophical like questions questions exactly like there's even one that i watch every once in a while which is the guy from mash who plays one of the later doctors oh yeah david ogden steers yes they call the the federation for help and they send the flagship which mm-hmm. is the enterprise and they have to reignite their son yeah uh and they're not xenophobic well no they are xenophobic but they're yeah. they're reaching out because they have no other option mm-hmm. and timison Timison's his name, and he's the lead scientist uh, that can help them understand like how to reignite the sun yeah. by using photon torpedoes and et cetera, et cetera. You find out that like after the first trial or the second trial or something like that early on that he like starts like becoming very emotional, and you're like wondering, well, what's wrong? What's you, you can just try again, right? What's the problem? Honestly, I think this is a great Look Swana episode, too. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, because yeah. you get to see a lot of her other side instead of her just being kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roddenberry's wife was thrown into Next Generation. She's the lady of Star Trek, mm-hmm. Majel Barrett, and she is the voice of the computer. Yeah. And she's Troy's mom. Mm-hmm. And so Troy and Timison fall in love. The reason why Timison is freaking out is because he is about to go home to commit ritual suicide because mm. he, he's reached the age that's right i remember that of yeah. having he's reached the age of the ritual apparently they had a past where they were short on supplies and resources and didn't want to take care of the elderly they couldn't take care of the elderly so yeah so the society agreed at a certain point that they would just commit suicide and die when what they refer to as die with dignity mm-hmm. and the episode doesn't really give you an answer they uh. they give two sides of the coin you could live much longer, but then there's this whole idea of when we're talking about tolerance and compromise, like, mm-hmm. well, the tolerance of like, you can't base your own opinions on someone else's established culture. Exactly. It's unfair. Yeah. It might be wrong, but you have to realize that they've, they are entrenched with this and this means a lot to them. Mm-hmm. And the episode does a great job of talking about the, the pros and cons of pushing this further mm-hmm. because we could put Picard in a big spot. It puts the Federation in a big spot. Mm-hmm. Interferes with the prime directive, which yeah, and, the, <laughs> and to to give you basically the prime directive is just a way that like people who are less advanced, like how do we interact with them, mm-hmm. and what do we do? And the thing is, if they follow the prime directive all the time, then they would never have any episodes of Star Trek. Exactly, they have to bend the rules, of course, a yeah. lot of the times <laughs> for it to have a show. Mm-hmm. Any other episodes that kind of stick out to you, or any anything, any acting sessions that stick out to you? There is the episode. And we just talked. We talked about it not too long ago the uh, episode where they thaw a bunch of rich humans. <laughs> we're we're laughing because they're they're all white, which is not right. the, which is not the thing, but it's just it's just the way that it's like okay, all right, and then the, the three distinct character differences. They're like, very like stereotypical of like the late eighties, nineties, yeah. like 
people. white people you would see on her right which is just so goofy you have the rich like country cowboy tycoon who like is your best friend uh to just chill with oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. he was the like, most chill out of everybody <laughs> out of all of them he was just up and ready to go after they unfrozen he's they like had... yeah man give me a banjo and let's get out of here yes <laughs> you have the entire <laughs> you have the entitled oh rich white guy who's in the stocks and all this stuff and like, wants everyone to like bend to his will i think gordon gecko but worse but quieter at the same time yeah yeah like more conniving i would think yeah in in a quiet way and then you have i guess she i don't know if she's from the midwest but she's like a homemaker and they all die one of them was expectedly because he knew he had cancer the country singer country guy yeah knew he had liver cancer i think the homemaker died of it was a car crash or a heart attack something like that yeah and then i think the other guy had some disease that I don't remember. They didn't have a cure for or something? I don't know. They didn't, they didn't have the cure at the time. At the time. That's what it was. Yeah. Because I, I remember that you might have like a dialogue with the doctor about, yeah. yeah about, fix, like, yeah, we got this. He's so. like, yeah, we got it taken care of. Uh-huh. And like medical technology in their generation is astounding. You just basically like use a fucking wand. Oh, yeah. And you're done. Scans are, what's wrong with you? Okay. And then press the button and then, right. oh, fix. The der- <laughs> like the, the dermal healers, which is basically like if you create an incision, you can just like scan it and it will tell your body to like rapidly heal. heal. Mm-hmm. The technology in Star Trek is unsurpassed when it comes oh, yeah. to stuff like that at that point. But yeah, that, yeah. that episode's hilarious because, yeah, you have the rich guy who's like, he was all about his stocks and back in the day and like Picard's like, Fool, we don't we don't deal with money yeah. in the stock market anymore. Like, like all that means nothing. Yeah, and he's like, well, what about what about my office? He's like, it probably doesn't exist anymore. Right, honestly. <laughs> right, and he the entire time he's just being a dick. He wants everyone to like cater to him and like talking yeah. to the card. Like he's just a servant. You know, it's, yeah, I'm glad you bring this up because there's a there's even a point where he uses the com because he sees Riker use the com to contact somebody. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why are you using the con? You're not authorized to use that. He's like, well, it was available to me. He's like, <laughs> he's like, but you can't practice normal human restraint. Yeah. And I just thought that was so subtle. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you don't have the privilege to do anything you want. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we've, we've given you great accommodations. You have anything you want, you can get. Just chill. You got to handle an emergency. We'll be right back to you. Yeah. And we know this is a lot. They probably could have onboarded them a little better sure sure but chill yeah chill yeah. the fuck out dog i'm sure you have like there's a supercomputer on board yeah catch up on what you missed up on you can literally like chat gpt your way back to the exactly century. <laughs> century. <laughs> exactly they, and like even with that joke that's one of the reasons i love star trek and tngs because they even have a specific episode and many themes of the show for one, it shows how technology can further us instead mm-hmm. of control us. And it also has a specific episode where they get caught in an old asteroid belt of uh, a relic of an old war where they get trapped and their ship starts to break down. And the only way they're like, oh, the only way we can get out is by using the computer to get out. And I'm like, the computer can only take things in, that we tell it and do it faster. Right, exactly. It doesn't take away our human ingenuity, intuition, instinct instinct mm-hmm. and what have you now yeah. sure may technology catch up to that i can't say no to that yeah i can't say no which they something they propose with data i guess in this yeah. Case. yeah and they, and they mm-hmm. do and like his creator was fucking close yeah fucking close like and that's one of the beautiful things about data is that he is constantly walking so close to it every time and it's so heartwarming 
to see him just try, even though he knows he'll never get there, he tries and gets further and further every time mm-hmm. in his own way. He has, says this beautiful thing to his daughter, Lal, yeah. uh, which is apparently a Sanskrit word, which means like beloved. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. They reference, they have random references to India throughout the show. Mm. There's a section of the stars called Chandra 4. Yeah. <laughs> um, Khan, Nuni, and Singh are all very North Indian names. Even though they're played by white people, but, you right? Know, well, you know, go figure. As you know, what can you do? As you do, <laughs> as one does. Um, <laughs> they mentioned Diwali. Oh yeah, on the episode of Data's Day, which is one of my favorite episodes. That's a good episode. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. he he just randomly mentions like today is the Hindu celebration of lights. Yes, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Are we not going to show any of it? Right, <laughs> and they don't. But still, oh man, there there's just a lot of a lot of really good parts like that. Another reason why I like the next generation is kind of like how they, how they updated the aesthetics from the original Star Trek. Again, I'm not hating on the original Star Trek, but like, in terms of like the set design and the costumes at the time, they had no budget. They had no budget. Yeah, it, but they made it work, and I'm I'm okay with that. I'm just grateful because we got the next generation. And exactly. All the great stuff now. It's but also part of the reasons why the Klingons look different. But anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. But at the time in the '90s, seeing the modernization of like their uniforms, which were kind of like they kind of pay homage to the old ones, yeah. but like had their own like they change up the it. colors, but for the most part, they keep a a scheme of colors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The uh the way they interface with the technology, everything's like a touch screen, which is nice and sleek. No, like just flashing random <laughs> Christmas lights in the back <laughs> of the original set. Beep, boop, 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 boop. But I, I enjoyed the updated look of everything. And you could just, of course, you could talk to the computer just by voice control stuff, which is something we can do now with yeah. a lot of smart speakers. Something we can AI, do now. Predictive. And like them using the phases, of course, which is still came over from the original. But like right. instead of like guns, like they would phase you to go to sleep. Like basically, <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't kill you. Like there's a stun setting. There's a kill setting. There's a kill setting. But right. most of the time they're just scanning people like get sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> and like they, yeah, there, there are other ways to... To do that, like, and I think to have that technology, you would have to, you would have to have something that could heat up like billions of degrees, yeah, to make sure that it wouldn't kill the person, yeah, or something crazy like that. I don't know. You look, talk to a scientist, right? Exactly. Or right. A podcaster, leave but me it, alone. They didn't have it. Wasn't a, they, they didn't have guns? It was like a remote. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Do a good job of that. Do you have any other themes you want to talk about before we talk about our like favorite episodes? So I know we, this, we love this show because of the utopia, but also to play devil's advocate. No, please, yeah. For for all the problems we you saw. You should have seen his like, eyebrows and smirk that came with that <laughs> <laughs> clutch. <laughs> you know, for all, the, for all the, the strides we make with humans on Earth in the future, we go out in space and it's like, oh, there's still war. There's still poverty and yeah. all this other stuff uh, across the universe, which mm-hmm. is a bigger concept, I guess, for people, if people on other planets exist they all they all are still going through their various stages as well of like right. coming up if they're even like us like, even if they're like us like right for the sake of star trek like if you think of aliens there's a lot of different images that come through people's head mm-hmm. we often think of like little green creatures with like round faces and everything those that's still very human-like though yeah exactly. it still has bipedal it still has two arms two legs of some sort mm-hmm. a head of some sort and that is the majority of Star Trek aliens because, I mean, how else do you have a fucking show? Exactly right. But like, they, <laughs> like, an, like sometimes they also do like just a cloud of mist could be an alien, uh, mm-hmm. an entity that has like life. Yes. But you also got to consider like that is not the only extent of aliens. Like aliens are completely something that we probably can't even comprehend yes. at this point. Yes. So 
that is one fact I wanted to say before we go out. But go ahead, Devil's, awesome. Devil's Advocate. Yeah. The problems that we have supposedly conquered on Earth, we're still, we still yeah. have to conquer again. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's where I, like, I, how I answer that is basically like, it is a way to reflect what's going on now. Mm-hmm. because a lot of situations that they talk about where I mean you can definitely tell this is the 80s when they had a drug episode in the oh, first yeah. it, the, like, I, <laughs> the random and apparently Lower Decks followed up on this that's hilarious which is even better in the animated show where like Star Trek and the next generation basically had a baby and that's called Lower Decks yeah if you have not seen anything it is very self-referential to like Star Trek but there are just some goofy parts in it too it's kind of like it has a Rick and Morty aesthetic it's done by, yeah. I think, part of the team. Okay, no, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's, I think that's how that happened. So yeah. it's, it's a way to reflect to today, like the, the drug problem that was going on in the, yeah. the say no to drugs, which is we have reaped not great things from that we, at that point. It, it failed. It, it, hundred <laughs> percent failed. Like Derek yeah. completely failed. Yeah. Um, I still remember the, the song they made us sing for that, that poor show. lion. We tried to. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's a shame because that was a cute line. Yeah, it really was a cute line. Um. <laughs> They have an episode where they were talking about like you know what it was like to do drugs consistently. And they're actually explaining it to Wesley because he comes from a time where there's no mm-hmm. need for that, right? Or at least like it's not widespreadly done. And Tasha, Tasha is an interesting character because, and I, I wish she got more time. You find out a lot about her when you meet when like later on when stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But essentially, they were a group of humans that went off to a planet, and then they were like, "Fuck it." Let's make this Mad Max. Yep. They said to the Federation, leave us the fuck alone. Uh-huh. And so to paint you a picture, Tasha has horrible trauma from that time. Mm-hmm. Her parents were killed and she makes mention, only mention of the rape gangs that she had yeah. to avoid, Oof. which just makes everyone kind of like sit up straight in their chair yeah. after hearing that. <laughs> yeah. There's a chilling scene where like they have a weird like time paradox go on, mm-hmm. and essentially like thoughts become semi reality. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And yeah. I know this is getting a bit granular, but like, there's comes a point where they get into a an issue where like I just said like whatever thoughts or memories you have temporarily be like surround you, mm-hmm. and so some are very sweet and some are very scary. And they show a clip of a gang approaching Tasha. Yeah. And like, mm. it's very war, like war, like, come out and play Tasha. Oh my God. And yeah. it's, and it's just, like so very creepy. creepy. And then like it stops and she kind of just is like shaking a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they ask Tasha, are you fine? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. And it just makes you think like, oh my God, like her life before the Federation must've been horrible. Mm-hmm. So my, my thing is like, this is, it's our way to reflect current day problems. That, exactly. That's yeah. why long explanation to, to answer right, that. Right. They had to represent some of that in the show. Right. And I think about, yeah. I think if we did something akin to TNG, like that's how it would have to be today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Speaking of those different beings, I remember there was the episode where Deanna is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's impregnated by that, that, yeah. that ball of light. It's a ball. Like they don't really. It was earlier on. Yeah. So basically, yeah, she's impregnated by this ball of light and she's all of a, yeah, she's all of a sudden pregnant and she has a child and everyone's like, well, how this is crazy. It's almost like immaculate conception, of course. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and she has this child and the child grows at a like crazy exponential rate or yeah. whatever. And lives in a day, I think, or something. Yeah. And the, basically, for the long story, the, the being just wanted to know what it was like to be human. Yeah. Essentially, we wanted to know what it was like to be human. 
now granted you could say that there was not a whole lot of consent that happened with this yeah i always felt weird about that yeah i was like just boop i'm inside you now now i'm, I'm like six months pregnant uh mm-hmm. after being pregnant like not being pregnant yesterday yeah uh yeah but it was a way of that being understanding what it would mean to be human and i think that's that part of it was very beautiful yeah and there was a very specific scene that I remember where Worf, when now Worf is always the the voice of security because he essentially takes that role mm-hmm. um, after Tasha dies, and and he goes like, "Well, we could abort the the fetus and everything." And Deanna steps in because she's an empath; she's a Betazoid. They can yeah. she's half Betazoid. She can read minds and she's telepathic and whatnot. That's why she's the ship counselor. And she goes, "Make whatever decision you want, but know that I will carry this child to term." Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Like, it's really cool to see issues of gender, sexuality, reproductive rights, even though they're not done as well as they could be. Yeah. We're still done in the 80s. And that's, there's things that we're revisiting today. That's huge. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. There's a specific episode where, like, it's super woke. Oh, I hate saying that. <laughs> but it, it, it's super progressive to the point where, like, Data creates his daughter long. Yeah. Or creates his child, I'll say. And he's like, I wanted my child to choose their own identity. Mm-hmm. So he lets them do that. That yeah, I didn't trip off that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's just lightly, just peppered in there. Peppered in, like like I said, this is a production of basically a hippie. Yeah. So they lot and it falls through. Yeah. The hippies got a lot of things right. <laughs> <laughs> Inclusivity, understanding, trans rights, and gender rights, and gender understanding has been with us since we could writing things down. Yeah. Multiple societies had them. Uh, India has the hijras. Other people have different parts of them. But what I've heard of colonizers, when they come in, they saw how well regarded they were mm-hmm. spiritually, socially, and everything. And so then, then it was like, no, there's only two genders. And then yeah. that's what really started a lot of the hate that we still mm-hmm. aren't recovering from today. Mm, that's deep, man. Thank you. Mm. I've been holding that in for a long time. Just that concept. Gotcha. That's one of the reasons I love the show is because it really touched on a lot of these things that we are just broaching again today yeah there's this great you've seen honest trailers oh yes i love it yeah they did one and they're like and it's super woke <laughs> <laughs> yes yes yeah what else do you love about it man oh well i guess another thing basically then the star trek the next generation also just it revitalized star trek yeah which is why we have so many great shows today if it wasn't for tng we would not have any of the shows that came after no no voyager no deep space nine oh god deep space, deep space nine, nine was a, yeah that was a slap yeah. it was dark but it was it was it was a slap I love it, it takes everything we said today and like okay well, like let's run it through the blender yeah let's, let's see how this works mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we got the uh enterprise star trek enterprise which People give that a lot of hate. I need to give it a second shot, honestly. I, I love it. It had it some feels, cool things that happened in it. It almost seems like it was happier than the next generation now that I think about it, in a way. And as maybe it's the theme song. It's been a long time getting from there to here. Oh, man, that was good. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. I love <laughs> I can reach the sky. But yeah, Archer, <laughs> uh, Captain Archer. <laughs> oh, yes. But I like it. It was, it, it felt more campy than the next generation. It in definitely a sense, could doesn't be. It? Yeah. yeah. Like it, uh, from clips and episodes I've seen of it, it definitely was campy because they had to be like, 
we're making the federation out of this like mm -hmm. we are we have warp three or four at this point yeah we barely have a functioning transporter and mm -hmm. i mean barely like, barely like right. no one trusts it keep in mind that like the moment next gen pops around digit federation has been around for at least two centuries a century and a half right something like that because it's the golden era i always forget the years but it's like it's from current day it's like three or four hundred years from the federation okay it's a little it's like maybe a hundred years 100 200 years something like that gotcha yeah yeah because of that all these other shows show up so. yeah 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 enterprise and then we got we got discovery yeah um strange new worlds which is a bit of a backstep so yeah strange in, new worlds time yeah. But also really good, honestly. Yeah. I, I feel it's some of the best Star Trek that's out there right oh, yeah. now. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Picard, yeah. which I'm, I'm catching up on. It's good. I like Picard, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Like My nerd heart was very nurtured. I mm -hmm. wish that – and this is one thing I want to bring up that I'm, I'm glad I remembered. It was not the bottled episodes that we saw in Next Gen because mm -hmm. that's what I love about Next Gen too. Is yes. like you could pick up any episode, mm -hmm. any season. And you could watch it with anybody, and they would enjoy it. Right. You know the characters, okay, boom. But the plot, like, didn't necessarily have to be, right. like, a continuous thing, which a lot of TV shows now is, like, a continuous... It's a very plot-heavy world that we live in. Yeah. And I, I understand that's why Terry Metalis probably wrote it that way, or, like, the production crew was like, we can't do bottled episodes. We can't do one-offs. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not going to work in today's society. And I disagree with it. Yeah, same I, here. I think there's much value in doing those one-offs, but because there's themes you can explore, like regardless, it doesn't have to be a yeah, like a, like a ner continuous narrative. But and you can have you yeah. can have a narrative as the B story, like that's right. Like if you you have to flip everything for that to happen, right? Because in Next Generation, you still had they always went did so many callbacks, yeah. And like you know, so callbacks it's possible to this and that, and like they went out for seven seasons, and, yeah. And they like they did a ton of callbacks throughout the show. You can do it. I really wish they, they should bring it back. I understand why they didn't, but... Yeah. So oh, it. and we also forgot to mention all the movies. Oh, yeah. There's like a shit ton of movies. There's a lot of movies. <laughs> that you can watch as well. If they have the original cast in it, the even numbers are really good. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Like Any of the... The Next Generation ones, like, there's one that's really good, and then another one that was like... I love how, pun intended, down-to-earth the cast is about them. They're, uh -huh. they're like... Uh, even Patrick Stewart was like, yeah, we did Insurrection, which is the last time I played Picard, and that was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, I'm glad he said <laughs> Like, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, that didn't work out the way we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know what aesthetic they were going for. And then I think at the time it was made, I'm not, I'm not getting my times right, but it was maybe it was like Independence Day or like Alien, Alien movies and stuff. Right? Uh, yeah, and like the, the uniforms had all changed, and, yeah. and it was just like weird yeah weird mm -hmm. it's like wait why are you wearing this now I know there's no, I yeah They're, the star trek uniforms they've given no explanation for as far as i know i don't like no one knows how to read the star dates or the uniforms mm -hmm. because there's a section like after that's set after the original like after kirk's voyage uh five-year voyage and then everyone's just wearing red yeah and they never explain it they, <laughs> they don't tell us why they I, don't even talk about it that was stressful because I'm like, so is everyone capable of dying? Like, is yeah. that was going <laughs> well, right? Like the red shirt trope. Yeah. I was like, what is happening here? Like, what is going on? And they, I don't know if Lower Decks ever explores it mm. but, because that's a show. That's an episode that they could totally reference. For. Oh, definitely. Like, it's yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. it's weird. Like, there was a lot of weird choices that they did, and so I, granted, like the cast is old. 
they're yeah. they're yeah. in their 70s and 60s now like it's it's hard to say i think Peck Stewart's in his 80s in wow fact. so this is insane wow man and he's still he's still a great actor yeah i love that there was a bottled episode you could pick it up you could i love the the silent hum of the warp drive hell yes the silent hum of the the impulse engine that was just in the background and you can go on youtube and turn it on for love four that. hours I would go straight to the bar on the ship. <laughs> I would give you some drinks, sit back, look out the window, and take frequent naps on that ship. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, that's the beautiful thing about it. Like, 10 Forward, which was like the lounge they had. Dude, I want to say this before I forget. I was going to say at the end, but I'm just going to say it now because I feel it. I love watching Star Trek with you. And, oh, man. And awesome. I'm so glad you get it. I'm so glad that you like it. Oh, um, yeah. I'm getting emotional just talking like that. that. And I'll announce it now. You want to announce it now? Yeah, sure. So... We're going to plan on watching the entire series, The Next Generation, and uh, live viewing it up right. on, on YouTube. So. so so we don't get canned for uh, copyright infringement. We're just going to show like us and our reactions yeah. to it. It's going to be a less watch. So. It's, it's going to be a less watch. We'll get you guys more info about that TBD, but... Because specifically, we were trying to find Michael <laughs> the Jordan. <more> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find the episode where michael dorn is jumping like does a fucking like video game double jump yes like double leg bicycle jackie chan jump over a banister in the bridge and we like and we like it took us five hours yes and then the one episode that it did have it paramount plus couldn't play it play that was crazy it was like it was like bullshit (laughs) and then you pulled it up on your phone and we caught it then yes and then i and then i was like okay i should probably go home now yes (laughs) because it's like 12 30 (laughs) we had we could not rest until we found it we started we we did not and like yeah we had a lot of fun doing that and we're gonna we're gonna do it again but we're gonna definitely goof around and give a very similar vibe to this episode for that but for sure so yeah, I love that you could just pick up any episode and uh, you could do the dishes, you could do mm-hmm. laundry, and it's like even just talking about it, I'm calming down. Yeah, I and yeah. it's because like it's it's interesting when you get older, you look at things that you've grown up with mm-hmm. through different eyes. That's true. Yeah, I really like appreciate the leadership that Picard does. I really appreciate the back and forth that they have with certain characters. I love. And I think this is how it works, because I feel like Roddenberry, this was a big problem. The reason why he fired a bunch of people is because he was like, no, 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 this is a utopia. You can't have any conflict. And it's like, right. no, and, that's And no. Sid's face was priceless just then. It's like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? You, as a writer, you've cut my legs underneath me. Exactly. Like, what do I do? And I think it works like this. You have the ideals of the Federation. Mm-hmm. You do your damn best to follow through with them. Now, granted, yes. in DS9, they do it where it's, like, outside of the Federation. Right. Or on the border of it, I guess. Uh-huh. Whereas, like, if you had a show that was within the Federation or, like, Federation, like, it, it's similar to how TNG was set up. It's like, we are going to do our absolute best, and when we fail, we're going to redress it. Exactly. And we're going to do our best to, like, because there's a beautiful moment that I have saved on my favorites list is when Data's put in charge. Mm, and, yeah. and Worf gets upset about something and he makes it super weird uh-huh. and uh very uncommon for data to like address it right away mm-hmm. well rare i'll say it's rare for rare him, rare for yeah. him to address that he he says whatever he needs to and then he's like uh commander Worf, i'd like to see you in my writer room mm-hmm. so he pulls him aside he's like i am dissatisfied with your performance and he like 
in a very level-headed way but stern like goes like you are undercutting me every time i make a command Mm-hmm. And Warf's like, well, you know, I I was just trying to give my like uh, security things. He's like, that's true when you were um, the security council officer, but right now you are acting first officer, and I need mm. you on my side. Mm. And if you, it's an absolute problem that you cannot avoid telling me, do not undercut me in front of everybody. Wow. And it's a very beautiful way of. Well, actually, let me tell the rest of it because there's a part where he's about to leave, and Data's like. Mr. Worf, he's like, Worf turns around. He's like, I'm sorry if I've ended our friendship. Wow. And Worf, you can tell like it's like a quick punch to Worf where he wow. goes like, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, I'm getting chills talking. I'm getting chills all over the place. Yeah. Changed my shirt after this. <laughs> um, Worf goes like, you know, I am the one who should be apologizing. Mm-hmm. And it's a very like Worf data relationship where he's like, if you are willing to overlook this assumption and problem, I would like to continue our friendship. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst wolf impression I've heard. But regardless, uh, it's it, there's a lot of intricacies and relationships and how people interact with each other. And I, I think that's yeah. beautiful. Whenever I was, I was taking DVT classes, everyone around the table was like, why the fuck didn't we learn this in high school? Mm-hmm. It, it would have been helpful. So helpful. So helpful. Like, even if you weren't good at it, it's like, okay, well, how do I approach this with a coworker? How do I approach this with a family well, member? They've gotten rid of a lot of character education. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's uh, yeah, that's <laughs> true. I, mm-hmm. As we, yeah, that's true. Mm. But it's something that would be incredibly helpful. Yes. And then like, uh, you don't even have to be best friends with someone who you have a conflict with. You just have to be able to work through, through it. Through it. Right. And continue to move forward and not have any animosity towards that person. Right. Like Pulaski leaving, <laughs> like, uh, was the interim doctor when, <laughs> Oh, yeah. And Gates McFadden got fired for standing up for herself, essentially. Mm-hmm. One thing I will appreciate about her is that she was a great doctor, but she was kind of annoying to have on there. Yeah. Her acting was fine. Yeah. But just her character was annoying. Yeah, I can't put my finger on it, but someone was yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. It just didn't, it didn't mesh. And she even, she even said at one point, she's like, I just don't fit in here and I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it. I'm, she's like, I need to do what's best for me and for the crew. Right. So I'm just going to uh, find a different assignment. Yeah. Uh, she also was in the original series, so she's kind of oh, wow. she's kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. still kicking. Last I heard, nice. But yeah, so I, that's a lot of things that I love um, from this. Oh, the Borg. We did. We we didn't talk about the Borg. We episode. didn't really talk about the Borg, and that's a beautiful part. Well, we can talk about it briefly. Yeah, just yeah. the the Borg is that that collective of computer mixed with like biological beings basically mm-hmm. it's one it's one it's a hive mind and their only purpose in the galaxy is to assimilate everything to become borg they were the species that basically caused the, like Guinan's people to get fragmented yeah like that's how powerful they were to this day whenever i hear someone say oh you know they got to come into our society and assimilate i always cringe uh-huh, because like, i mm-hmm. every time i hear that i'm like okay like can we say integrate yeah. Because assimilate sounds way too borgy. To right. Me. We want to be together, not the same. <laughs> right. Like, it's because integrate, like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, I don't speak Hindi or, or Punjabi, right? Or Keralai or Farsi, but I speak English, but I still carry a lot of the, the sentiments my parents have. I still have yeah. a lot of the cultural aspects of being from where my family's from. I've integrated into society. I've basically added my own flavor to society. Right. Uh, if it ever allows it every once in a while. <laughs> but, um, but when it does, it, it does. And I haven't assimilated because if I'm fully assimilated, then you got to change my genetic structure at the same time. Exactly. So 
whenever I hear people say loosely, like throw around the term assimilate, I'm like, you don't know what that means. Yeah. And it's because of the Borg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember that. Um, exactly. You don't want that. Yeah. They're one of Star Trek's best villains. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a big presence later on. They're very interesting. Yeah. They're a very interesting yeah. villain. And it's funny from a kid watching the Borg, I'm like, oh man, these are some scary looking guys with all the wires and stuff. You know? Yeah. But as I, as I grow up, I'm like, some budget issues maybe <laughs> like is why they got these outfits but the the premise and the like the principle of what they are like still is like a scary concept yeah it's terrifying like uh-huh. that that robot voice every time it comes on oh yeah you just see a fucking cube in space yes like if you are a motherfucking cube in space yeah i don't i'm gonna run away yes because that's weird when i fucking when uh first start watching picard and you see that they're on the the ship the yeah. board ship i'm like what the fuck i'm freaking out <laughs> like what are you doing what get the fuck out of here get the fuck out right now run the fuck away <laughs> <laughs> like i have ptsd oh man <laughs> that's actually really cute <laughs> that's actually really cute um <laughs> I'm glad you brought them up because they're one of Star Trek's like best uh, parts of it. Honestly. Oh yeah, and, oh yeah. And the way that that the Federation reacts to the Borg is really interesting too. Yeah, yeah. Rhymelands are there. Vulcans are there. Uh, Klingons. Klingons are definitely there. Klingons they butt heads with a lot, and they delve more. <laughs> they delve more. Like every once in a while, it, it's kind of like the Katy Perry song. Sometimes they're friends. Sometimes they're enemies. Yeah. But they have some great episodes in TNG as well. Specifically with like just how Klingon politics work. Mm-hmm. And there's a, yeah. the episode where they, uh, they switch officers from like the, uh, from oh, the, the exchange program, the exchange program. Yeah. And Riker's on is yeah. Riker actually does like a good job. Mm-hmm. Kicks one of the, uh, <laughs> the officers on board's ass. Kicks <laughs> their ass. Yeah. And then gets the eye of the women on the ship, which is hilarious. Cause baby Frakes is going to do all that stuff. Of course. Johnny Frakes is going to do all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And then they or, see. Sorry. No, John, William Riker's going to do all right, that right, stuff. Right, Johnny Frakes. Yeah. Johnny Frakes. Johnny Frakes. I mean, same person, but still. Yeah. Right. But you get, they also like realize that, oh yeah, we're not different from each other. And that's another, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they even have a beautiful episode about that. Uh, that falls into one of my favorite episodes called the chase. And you find out that this is a big spoiler, but like you find out that there was an ancient race by billions of years ago that mm-hmm. saw that that realized that they were not going to last forever. So what they did was actually encode their DNA into other humanoid DNAs that were already sprouting up, right? Putting their own water in some of the clay that was there, yeah, essentially. And so then, you, because of that, all of the villains and people that the Federation has encountered that are humanoid-like mm-hmm. are related, yeah, very very distantly. Mm-hmm. And they may have accelerated and been, um, you know, progressed at different paces, but they were all related. Yeah. It's a beautiful episode. It's really like high sci-fi lore episode. People call that lazy writing. I don't. Yeah. Because I, I think the point was different. The right. Point, the point was to show togetherness. Honestly. Exactly. And yeah. I, I really love that. And that really echoes to today in a lot of ways. Yeah. If you trace it back far enough, it's always back to Africa. Oh yeah, yeah. And don't let me say this, please, please, please say this. Yeah, it's just all you know. All humans are related to that common ancestor that was a black woman in in the heart of Africa. Yeah, it's everyone knows. Science knows it, and yeah, it ties in with that episode. Like, there's yeah. there's too many things in the African continent. Even parts like the way Tamil sounds sounds way too much like early clicking languages. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit that I'm like, this is very similar. Yep, very similar. <laughs> 
the Dravidians, they were known to have darker skin yeah. and everything. And yeah. so like it's you can't tell me that's, yeah. that's not related. Yeah, we all we all came out of there. Yeah. That's what I love about it too. I think it's amazing when fiction is a mirror for what's going on. Yeah. And I think that's what made TNG so cool in that way. So then episodes I really love that everyone should check out. Data's Day, which is just like, mm-hmm. you know, hop, skip, and a jump. You're, you're, the inner monologue is done by Data the entire time. Even though it kind of ends on a, has a sour moment where something happens with the Romulans and stuff. Yeah. It does end very well. And uh, Measure of a Man, another great, amazing yeah. Data episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you actually get to see Picard slap on the, the lawyer role and defend his defend, one yep. of his friends. Mm-hmm. And the very, like, interesting task of having they they had to force Riker to be opposing counsel because he was just like oh yeah they needed a senior officer who was present mm-hmm. and if he didn't then they would would rule summarily to to deconstruct data and create mm-hmm. more of him yeah yeah uh the taking ho- my boy apart <laughs> <laughs> he's a person damn it <laughs> he is and there's a great speech by Picard by it too like mm-hmm. uh, the hunted really good episode Basically, it's this uh, society that reached the same level of the early Federation, and they abhor war, but they created a bunch of people psychologically and physiologically and made them weapons of war and then basically shoved them onto a colony. When they got too violent, they just like threw them aside. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Dude, it's one of of my favorite episodes. Nice. Yeah. And a lot of really interesting things of like, you didn't even try to help them. Like Mm -hmm. Like there's, and again, classic line by Picard going, they're your brothers, your sisters, and you just cast them aside and throw them away? Yes. How dare you? <laughs> and the way he fucking leaves, mm-hmm. oh my God, he's like fucking just like, you guys can deal with this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love this episode where it was like they talk about this empire that predates the Federation, but basically was an early version of the Federation where it was called the Takan Empire. It, no. They went around the like, galaxies established like trade routes and understanding and uh, were friends with a bunch of people. And then unfortunately, like every big empire, they fractured mm-hmm. and uh, fell. They don't exactly say what happened, but they had the capability, which is astounding to me to take seven sons and put them around each other. Mm. How the fuck do you do that? It's very, it's yeah, it's, it's symbolic of a lot of the early civilizations and like, how we see them do things, have done things, and like we like we still have no idea how the pyramids were made. Dude, that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Yes. Yeah, like, we have shit. There were countries that sailed around the world before Columbus. China had mm-hmm. the treasure fleets. I go on and on about that to everyone I meet. Mm-hmm. I've just told you about that. Like they had, if you want to take for example, like say say you're on a kitchen table and you have, I don't know, a potter pan. Like the size of Columbus's ship is that potter pan. Right. The Chinese treasure fleet was the size of the table. Exactly. Roughly three times the size of the Pinta, the Santa Maria, and the third ship that I'm blanking on right now. Yeah. And they sailed all around. It went on for decades. And then they just burned all of the ships because they're like, it's too expensive. Yeah, that's crazy. Right? <laughs> that's so crazy. They had farms, crops. They were called cities on the sea. They were ridiculous. Wow. And they just like, oh, like, yeah, you know what? We're good. Yeah. Like they, they went all the way to Arabia. That's that's wild. Isn't that ridiculous? Like mm-hmm. we're finding maps. I was talking to my brother. We're finding maps that are thousands of years old that have Antarctica written on them. Yeah, and it's like, how, how? do you know that's there? Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. 
what are you doing? What have you done that shows that? Exactly. There's, there's like, if you go to India, it's a great example. There's this big ass pillar and I've seen it. It's done in three sections. So first of all, it's a marvel in terms of like, sure. Okay. We had math. We had the capability. We had labor force. We could do it. Sure. But the way it's smelted makes no sense. Mm-hmm. You would need radiation to the levels of like uranium to do it. Yeah. How did you do that? Yeah. It's hard for modern tools to replicate such right. things. Like even like you have to remember that ancient societies, if they're where they are, if they're a combined society, they had archaeology. Mm-hmm. The Egyptians had archaeologists. Yeah. So let that sink in your exactly. mind for a while. <laughs> exactly. Like what have we lost from that time that they yes. were talking about? The uh, stone, like the carved uh, churches in Ethiopia that are in the ground. Oh, yes. I think I heard about that. Yes, they're like 90 degree angles, gigantic churches, cathedrals in the ground before any type of modern tools. They have like perfect contains. circles or something. Perfect circles, yeah. perfect lines. That's wild. And it's like, how? Yeah, how like, what have we lost that was done that? Now some people throw in like, oh, it was all aliens. I'm like, some of it might be. I'm not going to say it's not. I'm not going to say it's not, but we also just throw away any kind of human ingenuity. Yeah, we're And that's what I love about Star Trek. I, yeah. I, I know you guys are sick and tired of me saying that shit, but that's why I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so the Khan Empire, the Iconian episode where you find out that there were people that could travel by walking through a door mm-hmm. and go like on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah. And how those languages actually formed other languages. Mm-hmm. So it's like looking at Sanskrit and seeing how it shows up in the Philippines, mm-hmm. in Indo-European uh, lineages. It shows up in parts of Latin. Uh huh. People don't realize that. Like it, it's yeah. it's weird. It's really weird. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a really heartwarming episode where you find a race of people that are I call it the space baby episode where essentially (laughs) (laughs) essentially these creatures that are just roam around in space and they're biological beings yeah and uh they encounter them and it's just really it kind of expands your mind to be like there is the possibility of things like living in space without being on a planet Mm -hmm. which is nuts yeah uh the borg episodes like we talked about oh this one (laughs) this one is a big one the drumhead Oh, yeah. This is big. So I actually got a cameo by the guy who Simon Tarsas. Mm-hmm. You know that dude? Yeah. I got a cameo from him because it was, it was the year after the pandemic, I think. Or it was during the pandemic, one of the two. And I asked him like, hey, man, because I was trying to see if Picard was on there and he wasn't. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, fuck it. I was like, well, I found this guy. And I'm like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. And so I asked him like, hey, man, do you mind telling me about your time on Next Generation? Dude was super nice. Like wow. went, took his time. Like gave me like a ten or fifteen minute cameo. Oh wow! Yeah, he's he's like um, he kind of smiled and says like you know what? I have like three hundred different acting credits. I've traveled all around the world, and every time I travel or any time I run into a fan, everybody asks me about the drumhead. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And so nice. it's a great episode talking about like spreading fear in the name of righteousness. Essentially, mm-hmm. I don't want to give away too much of the episode because it's just done beautifully. Like the music's beautiful. Picard, watch that one. Picard yeah. kicks ass in it. Honestly, mm-hmm. he stands up for truly what is justice in that mm-hmm. in that episode. And it's a it's an episode I play over and over and over. And even the actress that plays Admiral Sati does a mm-hmm. does a great job too. Uh, but yeah, anyhow, when I got the cameo from the guy, do you remember what, what can you tell me from that time? What do you remember? What do you like? He's like, I loved my scenes with Patrick Stewart. 
Oh, and I nice. was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, there's that moment where he's talking to Simon Tarsus to just get to know him a little more. Mm-hmm. To be like, you, what, like, tell me about yourself. I, I, I want to defend you. Like, like what's going on. Right. Right. And apparently they had shot the scene and he didn't realize he got so emotional and he shed a tear and the director's like, okay, we have to do that again because you're part Vulcan. You're yeah, part, you can't. you're part, uh, well, actually he's part alien, alien and right. this alien doesn't, doesn't show, doesn't show emotion. And they're not mm-hmm. Vulcans. That wasn't, that was a slip, but that wasn't the right slip. Right. Right. I don't want to spoil it. Cause it's a really good episode. And, and then funny part, uh, he does that. Uh, it's still the eighties. He has a job as a maitre d in a restaurant like an hour away from hollywood oh wow uh-huh. so he's the maitre d out there and he's like because he did that so that way no one would run into him like, uh-huh. so of course the entire cast shows up oh <laughs> <laughs> with their i think they had instruments too oh wow and uh and then he's like in his head he's like oh shit i'm running uh-huh. <laughs> i'm running into them here but he said that they were it was just really cool to run into them and also really a little embarrassing at the same time yeah yeah but uh, it was cool to get that cameo from him, and I love that episode to death. There's a lot of good themes. I would, I could break down a whole podcast episode about that. Nice. Uh, masks is never really cool one. It's when like this ancient, never ancient civilization no longer exists, but they saved themselves in a way that they could be remembered in some form or fashion. And uh-huh. fantastic acting by Brent Spiner. Like, oh yeah, absolutely yeah. kills it. And okay. Picard kills it as always. Those are really episodes that I really love to this, uh-huh. to this day. You want to break down the next episode? The greatest episode on the Star Trek. No, I'm just kidding. Not, it's not the greatest episode of Star Trek so, duration, but it's a very notable one. It's a very notable one, and <clears throat> I want to say that all all actors have disavowed this episode. <laughs> like they they completely like Mission Impossible. Ethan Hunt is not a person who we know. We do not confirm nor deny anything he has done. Yes. Like they were like, this is the worst television episode <laughs> I have ever seen slash acted in. It's de- it's a filler episode for the first season. Is it uh, a filler? I feel it's just like some some guy trying to be <laughs> trying to do something in Star Trek and they just fail. So it's called Code of Honor. Code of Honor. Yeah. We nickname it as Hotepia. <laughs> <laughs> So can you break down what what a hotep is and what like what what that means? Uh, a hotep is a black, usually a, a male, black male, who is entrenched with the history of Africa, particularly Egypt or comedic uh, <laughs> things, right? And basically, are African style misogynist. If that makes, <laughs> if that's that's pretty much better what it is to like. Yeah, everything's attributed to black people. It's like you pick up a like a fork, and it's like you know, black people made yes, that. Yes, black people made this. We was in Egypt with the with the pyramids, and we was in the labs it's making like, this. You go and you uh, you put on a shoelace. It's like, well, you know, Egypt did this first. Exactly. And I, you know, it's just like literally everything. And everything should be for the black man. Black women should be up under black men. It's a whole. It's a weird kind of twist on weird. Yeah, yeah. But they, for some reason, in the eighties. <laughs> In the eighties, in the first season of Star Trek: The Next Generation, we have a hotel planet. <laughs> and so I, I made like a whenever I make the graphics for for the episodes, I I I had some free time one day, so I, I made this episode of like Journey to Hotepia, and yes. only only cost three hundred dollars or one white woman. <laughs> and, and and before you get mad, 
there is a reason I said that is because yes. it's a central theme of the episode. I'm not condoning selling white women to anybody or selling anybody to anybody. Okay. So the, yeah, the Enterprise meets up with the, these people, this group of people is all black planet. Yeah. And it's just a very amorphous blob of culture. Like, yeah. It does not make any it sense. It makes no sense. They're like yeah. wearing turbans and like they just borrowed a whole bunch of stuff from random cultures and put it in. The... Yeah. They're just like, ah, this makes sense. Yeah. 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 But it's all black planet. And for some reason, the Enterprise is like there for some type of resource or some technology so apparently or they developed, something for a virus they I think. developed a vaccine which yeah. makes no sense honestly yeah. considering the technology that we have seen well that's not true considering the type of society that they have yeah it makes well well apparently they they're developed, super wealthy they're super wealthy yeah so they developed a vaccine the vaccine and that they and the federation needs this vaccine vaccine so they're, yeah. we're, we're, they're meeting them or whatever and of course like it's culture shock for both parties or whatever yeah and the hoteps on there. <laughs> Every time <laughs> the, you say it, it's funny. <laughs> Why? The lead hotep, the actor, by the way, who plays plays the uh, the main guy, is actually the uh, the cop, the evil cop from Boys in the Hood. I think he passed away recently. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he's the evil one that like basically uh, terrorizes uh, Cuban Gooden uh, character on there. Yeah, and, like yeah. he's like I hate black people and all this stuff and all. But yeah. <laughs> But of course he's in this episode. And I didn't I didn't uh we didn't catch it until I looked it up because he shaved us he doesn't have a mustache. No, he doesn't have a mustache. Yeah, yeah. so it was, it was just kind of like you were dying. <laughs> you were absolutely dying when I found that I out. I can't believe I didn't notice it before. But I mean, dude, I I yeah, same. But it's hilarious. So like yeah, they're they're trade trying to trade for the vaccine and then the hoteps or whatever noticed that women <laughs> <laughs> women on the Enterprise have equal bidding or have equality with the men on the ship, and yeah. they take a surprise. And uh, one of them like does something that like challenges uh, what's her name Tasha Tasha's authority, yeah. and like she like judo flips him or some shit like that. And he's and like, she, whoa! And she does, and he does. And she does a good job. Good job. Like good job. Like for eighties combat, I was actually like a little impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's an aikido. I think she's learning aikido in the in the episode. So the like the yeah. main. I guess correspondent or also the, who their uh, main uh, person they're dealing with is amazed by this or whatever. And Lutan. Yeah, Lutan. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they fucking say his name too. <laughs> Lutan. Yes. So he's like, oh man, she, I'm attracted to her. I want her. And so they do like a little uh, switcheroo thing, which is apparently how they do a lot of business. It's like a they have like some like a little yeah. game that they play where they take something of the other person. Yeah, like so it's. it's it, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It I'm doesn't not going to delve it, into it. Fuck we it. We don't need. It's not. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't need more time. But I'm not giving anything more. Yeah. They do like a <laughs> trade for like the virus or something, and then he snatches up the security officer and then teleports back to his planet. He kidnaps her, basically, or whatever. Yeah. And so they have to bring her back, and it's just like a. Cr- I thought it was so much easier watching it with you because we just made fun of it the whole time. Yeah, but you can't. It makes no sense. Like there's some episodes in Star Trek. That we will unabashedly say, like, what the fuck were we doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, especially a poor... And she makes fun of it. She has her own... Uh, Gates McFadden has her own podcast. Random story. One of the professors at SLU apparently knew her. Oh, wow. Like, they were in Chicago at some point. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm about to go here. And, and she's like, it's a new Star Trek show. It was And it was Gates McFadden. That's as well. It was Small random Knoll's famous people connection that he has. <laughs> So uh, uh, Gates McFadden even set herself on her own podcast, Tatani Newsome, uh-huh. and she said the joke in the best way. You never see it coming in the podcast. Too. Uh-huh. She goes like, 
she hates the episode Sub Rosa just as much as everyone else. <laughs> Which you're, la- you're you're rolling your eyes because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. It's the one where she has sex with a ghost, and not only sex with a yes. ghost, but sex with a ghost that has sex with every like m- like female in her family. Oh my like god! Like every an- every ancestral female that she has had has had sex with this ghost, and it doesn't make any sense. You find out he's an alien. So yeah, yeah. About like what the fuck was going on, and Gates McFadden said like. By the time we realized how what it was turning into, like I couldn't change it. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta roll with the car crash. I just, she's like, I just yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. We're. I don't know if we're conveying how like terrible it is, but like you just gotta watch that episode. There, there are some episodes that you're like, I can totally understand people who haven't watched it, like, uh, be like, what's the point of watching this? And that's fine. That's how dated things work. Yeah. It just don't, don't it's a, move. It's a pocket episode, but, like, yeah, you don't, it doesn't you can, add anything to... doesn't add anything. Star or, Trek. Or take away, take away anything. They don't even talk about it later. Yeah. I think maybe Lower Decks makes a reference. <laughs> maybe. But, uh, yeah, there's there's some episodes that definitely are very cheesy 80s. There are a lot of episodes that hold up today. Yeah, the drum head still holds up today. Yeah, yeah. Like with, uh, yeah, with woke culture, like mm-hmm. calling people, like trying to drag people down as much as they can, and mm-hmm. not seeing people as people, but rather seeing them as like, oh, you're you're this. Well, then you're, we gotta write you off completely, exactly, immediately. Mm-hmm. And there's episodes about Wesley falling in love, and oh, yeah. a beautiful episode of him basically. It's the dolphin. I play it every once in a while. Mm. Random fact: the girl Celia. Yeah. She's a psychologist now <laughs> in like California. That's crazy. It's nuts. Absolutely wow. nuts. I Googled her. Like she's aged really well too. Nice. Like, um, but like it's a beautiful episode about falling in love and how you'll do it many times. Yeah. Yeah. And there was great parts of Wesley Crusher being on that show. He gets shafted on a lot, but, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of glad they wrote him out because I feel it was not only good for Will Whedon, but it was good for the character because- yeah. It even showed that the Federation is a great thing, but even it has problems, and you mm-hmm. can do other things too. Exactly. You know, there's room for both. Yeah. As I love to say. Yeah, it's a it's a really good show. We love it. Ten out of ten. Yeah. With all the good and bad. One of the better parts of the '90s yeah. for the me. Better parts of the '90s and the '80s that I remember as well. Mm-hmm. I only remember the '90s part, so 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 be it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so stay tuned. You think you want to have any final thoughts, my friend? Just the you know the show is a vital part of my childhood. It got me interested, it really, and in, more into science fiction than anything so far. And Same. I appreciate it. It gives so me much. hope for for the future in a lot of ways. Like if we wanted to do it, we could. Yeah, we could. Mm-hmm. And I and I take that to home. Yeah, thanks for coming on, dude. This was so much fun. Yes, dude. I had so I had a blast. I threw the clock out the window on this yeah episode. we could sit here and talk forever like, about Star Trek my, next oh we could well like, yeah. as long as i could do a bathroom break and my leg could wake up right now but that'd be great. <laughs> but, <laughs> thank you so much man no problem man hey fan peeps thanks for listening and i'd love any feedback you have for me please follow the facebook page they need a hobby and follow us everywhere social media wise under the handle at t-n-a-h pod that goes for twitter and instagram And one of these days, I'll be super popular. We're way over like an hour. I don't even care. I don't even care. I don't even care anymore. I'll edit it later if we have to, but I don't give a fuck. I'm enjoying it.